Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listeners from home or on the road catch a favorite story you are listening to catch the story the podcast where in each episode we bring you great stories told by dear storytellers i'm your host lucia matuonto and it's time to catch the story meet annie kotzen a seasoned comedic actress and writer, celebrated for her roles in TV, film, and theater. Best known for her recurring stint on Seinfeld and her captivating performances with The Moth, Annie, now 84, has effortlessly transitioned into the digital age with over 400,000 TikTok followers and 11 million likes. Hi, my name is Annie Corzin, and uh, I just had a book published called The Book of Annie. Uh, the Book of Annie, Humor, Heart, and Chutzpah from an Accidental Influencer, because that's what I am. I'm a woman in my 80s, and the last thing I expected at my age was to become a social media star. And I'm going to read you a chapter from the book, which is about the weird way that after being a failure for pretty much all of my life, I suddenly am getting some kind of respect and attention. And believe me, I am grateful. But it was very unexpected. So here's the story. It's called Career Counseling. I started acting late in life, so I've had a lot of catching up to do. I've never done Broadway, I've never done Shakespeare, and I'm still hoping that one day I will get to do a nude scene. My biggest dream was to be a regular on a sitcom. There were only three things standing in my way, my looks, my age, and my lack of talent. But the heart wants what the heart wants, and mostly what my heart wanted was to feel important, and I still want that. I want to hang out with George Clooney at his villa in Italy. I want Mindy Kaling to call me when she needs a laugh. I want the Dalai Lama to sign up for my storytelling class. In other words, I want everyone I admire to admire me back. Is that asking too much? Anyway, I began by doing all manner of crap jobs. Children's theater, 
where one could ask, are you a puppet? I'm going to say that again. I didn't say that right. Children's theater where one could ask, are you a puppet? Free shows in nursing homes where a resident yelled out, hey, is this going to be over soon? It's almost time for cake. One line on a soap opera. The doctor will see you now. And worst of all, tedious, brain-sucking days on the sweltering sidewalks of New York as a film extra. During those lean and difficult years, I did, however, accomplish one very important task. I wrote and rehearsed my Oscar, Tony, and Emmy Award speeches. You know how those prize winners often fump around at a total loss for words? I don't get that. They have had all of their lives to prepare. Then, in L.A., my agent called one day with an audition for a few lines on a new sitcom. A better-known actress had turned it down, saying the role was too small for her. You see, in Hollywood, the general rule is, don't ever accept a job as a bit player, because then you will be always stuck in that category. The good news is that there are exceptions to every rule. The bad news is, not in my particular case. But self-respect is a luxury I could not afford. So I went in and got to do yet another paltry little bit part. But this one had some unforeseen consequences. The show was called Seinfeld. And my few lines turned into the recurring character of Doris Klompus in the Florida condo, plus a second character, an obnoxious airline passenger. Obnoxious characters, by the way, are my specialty. So I started to get semi-regular work as a TV actress, but then I decided to try performing my own words as a storyteller. Once again... This meant a steady diet of struggle and humiliation. One event was at a grungy barbecue joint deep in the bowels of the San Fernando Valley. When I got there, I discovered that most of the audience spoke English as a second language, the first language being Mongolian. Needless to say, my piece about my son's Jewish wedding did not rock the house. Another show was on the freezing front patio of a coffee shop in East Hollywood with noisy traffic going by and sirens and fire engines and no mic. Six storytellers with four people in the audience. Everyone was under 25. So again, my piece about my son's Jewish wedding did not rock the house. A much warmer reception was given to some guy's detailed description of his battle with genital herpes. And he did it in rhyming couplets. I got a great shock when I looked at my cock. And I thought, please, God, let me die now. One ray of light during those dark days was my husband. Benny came to every show every gig, every performance, and his response was always the same. You were terrific. Huh? Are you high? How can you say that? I got zero laughs. 
That's because they were really listening. Trust me, they loved you. The man was delusional, but his faith in me strengthened my faith in me. My goal as a storyteller was to appear on the Moth main stage. Every time I performed, I sent the Moth a video saying, Hi, here's a new piece. Hope we'll work together soon. I did that several times a year for nine years. And mostly the response I get was silence. Zilch, bubkas. Occasionally I would get a few words of encouragement, but it never led to anything. And finally, I sent them a story that I thought was just terrific, and I heard nothing. And you know something? I said to Benny, I'm done. I can't put myself through this anymore. I know I belong there, but they are clearly not interested, and painful as it is, I'm just going to happen that this is simply another, I'm just going to accept that this is simply another dream that is not going to happen. The very next day, I get a call from New York. Oh, hi, Annie. This is Catherine at the Moth. Thanks for being so patient. Listen, we'd like you to perform in L.A., St. Louis, Berkeley, and the Schubert Theater in Boston. We'll also put you on our radio show and on our website and maybe in our next book. Oh, and the story that we want is that wonderful piece about your son's Jewish wedding. So, just like with the acting, I kept getting nowhere until one day I woke up and I was somewhere. It turns out that constant failure is a great learning op. One day, I asked someone at the moth why it took so long for them to book me. Oh, she said, you got better. Now, in my third act, I've embraced a whole new and totally unexpected career. Just before the pandemic hit, I was asked to lead a storytelling event in a home for almost homeless people. I really, really didn't want to do it, but I felt morally obliged to accept now, I don't generally, I don't generally believe in karma. But that decision to do the right thing and to not be selfish and to do something for other people changed my life because I struck up a friendship with one of the other volunteers. Enter Mackenzie. Mackenzie is 30, tall, thin, model beautiful, from a church-going family. In other words, she is the absolute opposite of everything I am. But somehow, we became soulmates. We became besties. And one day, I was telling Mackenzie and how I'd like to find a larger audience for my work. And I was thinking maybe about posting some little clips on Instagram. And she said... Oh, Instagram is so toxic. It's so over. You should be on TikTok. I said, me? TikTok? TikTok is about half-naked young girls shaking their booties. Trust me, Annie, you would go viral. And so, like I often do, I said, okay, why not? She volunteered to film the clips and edit them and post them, and that was an offer I couldn't refuse since I myself can barely take a selfie. And so it began. 
I've often been told, not often, always, <laughs> I've always been told that I talk too much and that I'm too opinionated. On TikTok, I was suddenly, for the first time in my life, being, I was given permission to be myself. I could be as talkative and as opinionated and as brusque and honest and candid as I wanted. And much to my astonishment, people started listening. All kinds of people, large numbers of people from all over the world. And they were black and they were white and they were young and they were old and they were Jewish. And my goodness, the LA Times called, CBS Evening News called, Inside Edition called, Dr. Phil called. But the best thing that happened was I was rehearsing my usual four lines on a movie when the director, Paul Weitz, took me aside for a moment. Now, Paul Weitz co-wrote and co-directed one of my favorite films. It's called About a Boy. So I am a major fan. And I knew what he was going to say to me because I always get the same notes from every director on every project I work on. They always say, Annie, it's going well. Your timing is good. But on the next take, could you just bring it down a little? But that's not what he says to me. He says to me, Annie, I just have to tell you how much I love that story about your grandson on TikTok. Oh, my God. My lifelong dream came true. Someone I admire admires me back, and it only took 83 years. Oh, sorry, I have to stop now. The Dalai Lama is calling. Annie's latest creation, The Book of Annie, Humor, Heart, and Super from an Accidental Influencer, is a must-read offering a blend of humor, genuine emotion, and fearless audacy. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Next, we have Dr. Randy Overbeck, an award-winning educator, author, and speaker. Sooner or later... Everything old is new again. I thought of this quote from Stephen King when readers have asked, where did the idea for cruel lessons come from? Or better yet, when they ask, what was your inspiration for the story? This fall, the Wild Rose Press released my newest fiction, called Cruel Lessons, a new mystery set in the world of schools. 
The novel features a pair of middle-aged protagonists who are, like me, educators. In this tale, an elementary school teacher and a school administrator. Hardly your normal heroes. What brought King's words to mind, though, is that while the novel is my newest work, it is also my oldest. You see, I've been at this writing thing for a while now. Cruel Lessons is my fifth published work in the past decade or so. But like most writers I know, I've been inventing stories, imagining characters, and conjuring up plots and crimes well before I ever put my first full manuscript together. One of my earliest fictional inventions was this story, or at least a very early version of the basic narrative. The manuscript has lain in the virtual drawer for 20 years. The first attempt at the tale was actually written on legal pads, waiting for me to mature and improve as a writer and storyteller. Even though the current published version of Cruel Lessons has been through too many revisions, rewritings, and editings to count, the skeleton of the narrative is much the same as I envisioned so many years ago. So, like King wrote, what's old is new again, though this was probably not King's intent for the saying. I admit that. That, of course, begs the question, why now? What prompted me to resurrect the manuscript, work tirelessly to edit, revise, and strengthen the storytelling now? Well, first let me explain a little about the novel, Cruel Lessons. Cruel Lessons is an atmospheric amateur sleuth mystery, the first in my new series set in schools called Lessons in Peril. In the story, a drug dealer is pushing a new hallucinogenic drug in a small school district. Four fifth graders experiment with the drug, steal a muscle car, lose control, and die in a horrific crash. The small town is so traumatized by the death of four young students, they demand justice. The two educator heroes work with the school's dare officer, to try to unmask the dealer and keep him, or her, from poisoning more kids. (laughs) And that's where the problems only begin. Like everyone else, I've watched the news on TV and follows the feed about the current opioid and fentanyl crisis. I've seen stories of young and old overdosing and dying and the havoc it has wreaked on families and communities. Like far too many of us, I've known friends and acquaintances who have lost family members to the battle of drug addiction. Simply put, I am deeply concerned about this crisis and was moved to do something. Instead of writing a tale about the current drug dilemma, I chose to write an allegory, a story that could serve as a metaphor for our current struggles with drug abuse. You see, my narrative takes place, as I mentioned, in a small Midwestern town during October 1995, at the height of the Just Say No and Dare drug prevention programs, which we now know had very little impact on reducing student drug use. Although the narrative takes place almost three decades earlier, the central story about children experimenting with drugs, however fictional in my tale, is hauntingly close to what's happening in small towns and major cities 
across the country right now. In fact, this plague of drug abuse by students is so widespread, I could have chosen most any small town, Midwestern or not. Most schools and school districts across the country have dealt with this problem on some scale, whether or not they've chosen to acknowledge it. At the same time, I wanted this novel to be a work of honor and recognition. As a longtime educator, I saw the ravages of student drug abuse and addiction up close. Over more than three decades as a teacher and school leader, I witnessed kids' lives shattered and ended from their abuse of drugs, both legal and illegal. I crafted this story, while completely fictional and about an imaginary drug, as an homage to those educators who battle this very real problem every day in our schools. Though set in the recent past, the scourge of student drug abuse today is frighteningly similar to my tale, only with a new generation and far more dangerous new drugs. In addition to being a pulse-pounding thriller, I wanted the narrative to honor the children who we've lost to drugs in the almost 30 years since 1995, as well as to those educators committed to doing everything they can to rescue kids at risk. I don't want to give you the wrong impression. (laughs) The novel is hardly didactic. According to the early reviews, Cruel Lessons is, and I quote, brilliant from start to finish. Impressive storytelling left me with a racing heart and shivers. One of the best thrillers I've ever read. Five stars from NN Light Bookhaven, a professional book review organization. Another group, Readers Views, called the novel, quote, a thrilling mystery with an immersive plot, steady pace, and stellar character development. And one of the best mysteries of 2023. Also gave it five stars. A third professional review site, Literary Titan, wrote, Cruel Lessons is, quote, masterfully written. Each new revelation adds to the suspense and keeps the reader on edge, eagerly anticipating what further secret the story holds, a gripping crime thriller and amateur sleuth mystery. They also gave Cruel Lessons their highest recognition, the Gold Award. Wow. I am thrilled and humbled by these incredible reviews. Still, I hope the message about saving children will come through loud and clear to my readers. To help amplify this message, I've decided to partner with my novel with Natural High, a national drug prevention program for youth. This nonprofit provides evidence-based resources for parents and children in talking with students about the dangers of experimenting with drugs and does this at no cost. Their resources are precisely what teachers and parents who work with teens need. Accurate information, lesson plans, story starters about the dangers of drugs, this program provides just the kind of tested resources adults can use to help teens navigate this dangerous issue. In fact, I'm so committed to this cause, I'm donating a portion of the profit from the sale of every copy of Cool Lessons to Natural High. 
check out Cool Lessons yourself. You'll not only get a good read, you'll be helping to provide parents and teachers with resources they need to talk with children about drugs. You can find the latest information on Cruel Lessons, as well as the novels in my best-selling series, The Haunted Shore Mysteries, at my website, which is just www.authorrandyoverbeck.com. There you can also find a link for my partner's Natural High. Oh, and I don't want to forget my podcast. If you enjoy reading... My podcast, Great Stories About Great Storytellers, is one you'll want to check out. In each episode, I reveal the unusual and sometimes strange backstories of famous authors, directors, and poets. In other words, storytellers. You'll find it on the website as well as any place you get your podcasts. If you're into social media, you can connect with me on Facebook as at as author Randy Overbeck, on Instagram as author Randy Overbeck, and on Twitter, or I guess I should say X, as at Overbeck Randy. Of course, you can also find me or check out my books at Amazon, BookBub, and Goodreads, or any place you buy your books. And you, you can email me at Randy Overbeck at authorrandyoverbeck.com. I love hearing from my readers and look forward to hearing from you. From teacher and coach to principal and superintendent, his diverse roles inspired the compelling narrative in his books. And that's all for today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you have a story that you want us to catch, submit it on our website at www.relatablebestmedia.com. Thank you for listening. And whether you are at home or on the road, we hope you catch this story. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.